1: This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and I'm coming to you from the globe to be quite honest with you I mean it's the middle of the week now but I have not left the globe since Saturday I've been here All week so far because I've been absolutely potty for it because we came here after the game celebrating the win against Manchester United and we haven't left and it's been a continuous party and we're going to carry on all week and then we're going to go down to Fulham and uh, we're going to be completely wrecked by the time we get there. My name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting here with my chums in the Globe and it's nice to have a, as we talk about, we've been doing too many too many podcasts in the virtual joint and it's nice to get into the proper joint as well and if you listen to i'm going to say this we will refer to this a little bit later the post match podcast as well as you heard the back end of it was in the globe here and you can hear how happy and potty and mad people were after the game it was absolutely hilarious it was a brilliant 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 vibe so we thought listen we might as well stay here chill out for a few days and then come back and switch on the microphone and do the podcast and i'm sitting here with my man the lonely man
3: Hello, mate. Oh, fancy seeing you in here. Um, yeah, I'm still buzzing. You know, as I said on I said on Saturday, I tweeted out on Saturday. You know, the sun was out, the sky is blue, and you know it was it was just a great great day to be alive. Um, Brentford were at home to Man United, and it couldn't have gone any better, could it? I mean, you know, you could be greedy and ask for a couple more goals in the second half, etc., but you know, it was job done. You know, wrap everyone up in cotton wool. Um, prepare for Fulham but you know yeah as, as I said a day that it was great to be alive and it, what a week to be a Brentford supporter the, the, the world's media is talking about us you know yeah a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's kind of uh, angled towards the calamity that is happening at Old Trapper but it's been, a, it's been a lot of nice stuff said about us too so been enjoying it absorbing it all um, and uh, yeah it's uh, as I said a brilliant week to be a Brentford fan
1: brilliant week to be a Brentford fan as the Lennon said here as well I'm sitting here in the Boozer with uh, my man who well, first time this season as well because he did come to the Boozer last season I do believe I'll probably make it up anyway it doesn't matter if he didn't but anyway we've got the man the homes, Lewis Holmes in the house thanks for having me um,
2: I, I was in the virtual Boozer last season I think during lockdown um, I, I also was it's all the same sort of Boozer in it Boozer's a boozer, right? Um, I, I also wasn't here post-match because I had to go to a birthday party so I had to miss the celebrations but I walked into that birthday party like a celebrity. I felt like Brad Pitt. Every single person wanted to talk to me about the game that I'd just been at, the game that we just witnessed. I've never seen anything like it. Everybody was like, Brentford just beat Man United and I had to talk about Brentford all night and it was brilliant. I loved every
1: second of it. I bet you did as well. And you're talking about Celebration as well. Did you notice that they played Celebration by Cool and the gang after the game, which is, uh, it, it, that was taken off the playlist for a while. But I just think that they obviously thought, I'm not being funny, but this is a massive game. We just got to revamp the oldies. And uh, I'm, I was there singing along to the old Celebration. Were you, Laney.
3: Yeah, I did have a little sing-song. It, you know, I, I said during the second half, I can't wait for you know, free from desire to. That was that was my. That's what I was waiting for the you know the referee's whistle to go. I wish we didn't have to rush out so quite so quickly. I wish the, the, the bar was open for a little bit after the games because we could have a proper party in there after some games. I'm not saying every game, but if we win, you should be able to have a pint perhaps and uh, enjoy it a little bit more. And they crank up, chuck a couple of old uh, old nineties disco tunes out. We could have a little dance around. Um, so uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I just, but I guess everyone wants to just get back to the pub and get stuck in. And that's exactly what we did as well. And I, and I did,
1: you, I mean, I didn't notice actually because obviously uh, there was only one manager that um, that won on Saturday, wasn't there? I mean, there was two managers there. There was the, the new manager who everyone's lauding as the genius from Ajax. and then we had the other manager who is the sort of the quiet one from Denmark. But there was only one winner, wasn't there? The Holmes. I mean Thomas Frank
2: nailed Ten Hag to the wall with his tactics I thought it was absolutely spot on with how Brentford pressed Man United how they got at them, how Ericsson wasn't allowed any space it was just glorious to watch it was, it was like being in a dream world or like having a, a cheat on football manager or something just every single thing went right he got it spot on build a statue already
3: it's, that's, that's two weeks running he's, he's, out, he's out tactics Brendan Rodgers second half up at the King Power and he's, he's literally taught Ten Hag a lesson and as you say, and as we were saying before the game bill when we were down, you know, down the strand on the green I just don't, don't really get this kind of, you know how they lord the, anyone that arrives at a Man United he's, he's, got, he's, he's got to prove himself, you know and uh, Raniac had to prove himself I just, I, you know, he, and he didn't I, I just, you know, anyway, as you said Thomas Frank, what, what an absolute legend what legend and,
1: and, and did you see I mean was there an interaction between Den Haag and, and Thomas Frank after the game
3: at all yeah. did you? There, there was an actual handshake but was it? It, it, it wasn't One, they both let go quite quickly <laughs> 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 so, so Thomas shook his hand and then Den Haag just let go and ran away
1: is that what happened
3: no it was it looks I think he said to, I think lip reading he said to um, well, well played or he said well done or he had some manners he, he didn't try and um, arm wrestle him and uh, um, play silly little dancing games and run up and down the touchline like, like Tuchel did um, to Conte which was just embarrassing did, did he look him in the eye though Laney yes there was eye contact that's what's important. Um,
1: saying that, it's funny because obviously we talk about the Coutinho and Conte, ah, Chelsea, ah, Tottenham. <laughs> That's right. Definitely eye to eye contact, and uh, I think they're going to go up against a in a, in a defe disciplinary because it's quite hilarious to see sort of two managers get red cards
3: at the end of the game. be funny. you Just have a proper fight. I mean, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not. But it's not. You don't. You don't want to Well, you do want to see it actually. Um, um, if you're gonna kind of embarrass yourself like that, you and if, you might as well you might as well just go for it. I mean, if you if you really dislike him and you wanna you really want to fight him, you might as well just do it.
1: I mean, I know everyone's been talking about it, and it's not the Brentford game as such, but do you, I mean, Thomas Frank, he, he does wind our fans up because of his passion, you know. So you've seen him come over to the home end, whipping the crowd into a frenzy, like you know what I'm saying, and doing all these things, right, you know, which especially if the opposition team loses, they really hate that as well. Now obviously you must love that as a home fan but would you hate it if you're the opposition fan of course you would I think it's part of the game right that's what that's
2: the manager's job is to get the tactics right and to win the game but his job is also to sort of be a bit of a cheerleader for the fans and and get them going a little bit and so I think if an opposition fan did that if say Jesse March suddenly you know he went over to the Leeds fans in the corner and started giving it all that it probably would wind you up as a home fan yeah but it's part of the Get, you don't, what you don't do is lose your rag and start strictly come dancing down the touchline when it happens like it's, it's part of the game it's part of the fun surely
1: yeah and, and like i said to you they both got a that because they've got it they've got a red card they've got an fa disciplinary as well which means probably they have got to sit in front of a panel and uh and and and, and the panel has going to sit down there and they're going to judge them and give them fines and all sorts of stuff and the reason why i say that as well like, just very briefly as i spoke to you lady i had the sort of great pleasure of actually sitting in an FA disciplinary panel, on a disciplinary panel actually, an appeal panel yesterday we were at Grassroots Football Club but I was appealing something and it's gone all the way to this panel and I'll tell you something it is really weird and like you're sitting inside this room you've got three people who are sort of kind of judging you they're cross-examining you like you're in court you know I I mean you know I could talk 10 to the dozen but after like 15 minutes I was sweating we were in this panel for two and a half hours like I'm saying so under the grill for an hour and a half and it was a really weird situation and you actually get really nervous because you're sort of thinking why are they asking me that you know, are they, are they? Do they know something that I don't know? Like you know, say, what, what, what was he saying? Like you know, and I'm sort of sweating and and you know, Darren was on the other end, sort of feeding me information as well. Another bees fan, like you know. So it's a kind of it's quite a weird scenario, and I'm just wondering whether or not, like you know, if Alan McCormack, when he had that situation when he was, yeah, that time with the Lionswoman, uh, and uh, did he have to sit in this room with these characters asking
3: them all sorts of questions? So, Mr. McCormack. Why did you say that? I mean, what, what do you think? Well, he may, he may have answered why he said it, but I, I'm not sure he answered what he said truthfully because what I heard he said was quite bad. But, but so, Bill, you've been summonsed before the FA and the Football League now. So We had to go to the Football League, didn't we, that
1: time? Oh, oh, God, yeah, we did have but to go, yeah. 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 yeah, so basically, I've done the full Monty. All I need You've to do is. United Nations? No? Well, the United Nations <laughs> also. Let me, let me just do the non league as well. Let me do the National League, and then I'll, I'll have done it all, wouldn't I?
3: Panorama Bill, yeah. That's right, Panorama Bill, e-
1: EPL, FPL, PFC, you know, all these kind of acronyms. Actually, we haven't got enough acronyms going on at Brentford, do we? No we haven't no we need some more so anyway look there's a few things that are going on in and around Griffin Park We've lost the, we lost the player we lost the Fosu and I know Fossu there's a lot of love for the Fossu. he's got to Stoke City who are not in Division 3 anymore because that was about 25 or 30 years ago but our, so, so, um, Fosu has gone to, to well to, to Stoke City um, the medical was done today he signed for them today we wish him all the best um, bit of a strange one because he kind of left in a cloak of mystery didn't he he just disappeared He just like Even last
2: season when we had a lot of players out And we were sort of crying out for bodies Fossu rarely featured So I don't know what was going on And I don't want to speculate But obviously there was a, something more than we as fans know And he was out of favour, not trying enough Not, not doing what was asked of him I'm not sure, I, I love the guy I absolutely love the guy I thought he was great fun to watch But um, yeah, good, good luck at Stoke
1: it's the first time I said that, you know, <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're sort of saying it in general. Like say it <laughs> so to anyone that goes to Stoke, actually. All, all due respect to our Stoke chums out there as well. And like I said, no smoke without fire. And this smoke has been kind of going around for quite a few weeks now. But one of our sources, Stoke chums in the, in the Hull area, reckon that Halil Devasoglu. It looks like he's almost on the way to signing with them now. Like, and this is information that at the time of the podcast is going out, hasn't been confirmed. But like I said to you, this has been flying around for a few weeks now, hasn't it? And, and it's, a, it's one of those strange ones, because if you sort of said him to, at the time, sort of Forest or Derby or Fulham, you think, fair enough. But to Hull, you sort of think, well, if he's going up to Hull... Someone up there must have heard something about something and some sort of conversation.
3: Yeah, I think they're definitely after him. Um, it's whether I, I think it's whether we want to we want to send him there or whether he wants to go. You know, I know they've got a Turkish owner there and they're they're, they're doing. He's probably, probably a little bit more minded to go after the start of the season. They're playing they're playing all right. Um, there's a good chance of them having a really cracking season, but you know, I. I I I really hope he stays. We've said this last week. We said it the week before, probably as well. But I think he's he's got a lot to offer coming off the bench. Um, And you know, as we saw, um, uh, you know, we've got Mads Roslev comes comes on and surprises us by getting a start against Man United. You know, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibilities for for Halil to come on in in one or two games and just mix it up. We need to surprise some of the coaches and some of the some of the teams we play. And you know, we got players that are more than capable of holding their own and contributing. And Halil's was definitely one of them. Fosu, a strange one. You know, he's, um, he's he's played a part in in our in our rise to the prem. Um, and as you know, as the others have said, I wish him well. Yeah, and. Uh...
1: I mean, again, I, and I might have missed this as such, right? and, and forgive me if I've got this wrong, but I, I think in, in the haze of the last couple of days, because it has been a bit of a haze, because after coming back from the Globe, at, well, I didn't come back from the Globe, because I've stayed here all the time, actually, to the haze, but I'm sure that I saw a video of the whole Manager sort of drinking with the whole fans and going around the whole fans, and they're going, he's one of our own, and that stuff. I might be wrong, and everything like that, and maybe the whole Manager actually wants to get Halil, down the pub with him so he could have a drinking partner.
3: Yeah, no, that was, that went a bit viral. Um, that was, yeah, whether it was staged or not, but it's always good to see. Uh, so how long was going drinking with the, with the, with the owner? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but probably, yes. <laughs> 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 Let's just try it.
1: Well, we will we'll find out quite soon. But listen, we're going to go to the bar because we're, our glasses are empty. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about mm, a little game that happened at the weekend where something, mm, I can't quite remember what happened. Oh, yes, that's right, the bees beat man united let's go to the bar let's come back and let's talk man united so saturday brentford beat manchester united 4-0 we were 4-0 up by half time we absolutely wiped the floor with them we it, it, it was it was a display that if you if you read any newspaper if you watch any television program, they will tell you that the, the performance from the Brentford team was second to none. From the first minute to the 90th plus whatever it is minute, we were impeccable. What a day, Laney. I mean, I'm going to say to you is, I love these 5. I actually like 5:30 kickoffs, and the reason why. And you probably think, well, what's going on, Bill? It's like you know, you everything's sort of slightly upside down for you. But you you get a three o'clock kickoff, and you turn up for the pub at what midday. You get a 5:30 kick-off and you turn up for the pub at 11 o'clock. Like I was saying, it's slightly twisted, but it kind of gives you more time to do more things, and you don't necessarily have to rush it. So, me and Lainey met before the match, had a nice little chat, a little chinwag, had a few drinks, but not too, not too, not too hardcore, and we, we just shot the breeze. And it was a really lovely
3: build-up to a, a, a great day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just, uh, as you say, uh, just like a, a, a chilled vibe beforehand. Down by a strand on the green, you realise what an incredible setting the new stadium is. Uh, it's you know it's down it's, by the river that is. Down, yeah, down by the river. The, the tide was low. Um, there was people down there, kind of like paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. <laughs> we were just so we were saying that how hot does it have to be in the UK until um, crocodiles get reintroduced? Because I would to release crocodiles. While paddleboarders go past, would just be I'd pay incredibly a lot of money. I'll pay I'll pay everything I had to watch that. Um, so yeah, hopefully with global warming there might be some like big reptiles back in the Thames. It, just yeah, just sorting. The, anyway, I'm sidetracking. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was a really good day. Um, we wandered wandered all the way back to the globe. We walked here, didn't we? It was really hot. Every, it was just there was some, something special about uh, people. Everyone was really happy. So I know it was the first home game. Sun was out, as I said. Um, there was no reason for us not to be uh, looking forward to the game. We'd got a point up at Leicester um, and Leicester and Leicester, and uh, there was every chance that we were going to beat Man United because of the start they'd had. You know, I don't think any of us took it for granted because we 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 said the same last week. You know, when we went up to Old Trafford, we thought. The end of last season that they were in similar disarray, but they they really turned up that night and they played well and they deservedly beat us 3-0. So there was a chance, always a chance that was going to happen again. But we weren't in the mood for it. Thomas Frank, um, as Lewis just said, he just like he, he he just literally nailed Ten Hag to the wall. Um, outthought him, the Brentford players out battled their counterparts, household names, you know. Cristiano Ronaldo played 90 minutes. You know, Christian Eriksen was out there. Um, what, what he was doing, I don't know. But in the six months that we had him at Brentford, we obviously worked out what his weaknesses were. Um, and you know, rolling the ball out to him with Jensen attacking him, you know, it was, it was, it were, He shouldn't, you know, that ball should never have been played to him. So I felt, I didn't feel, no, I didn't feel sorry for him, but. Uh, I, just, I just felt that we, we, we hounded them. But there it was, it was more than that. It, 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 was, it was a perfectly executed game plan by perfectly up for it players who also had vision, played incredible passing themselves, and Jensen was the man of the match by Country Mile. And talking about man of the match, like I said to you, there's
1: the besotted global man of the match which we put it out to our fans on Global and just general characters and they vote for their man of the match and it's a bit of a 1-2-3 situation as well and uh, De Silva won it last week but this time like I said you're also on Global Jensen won it by a country mile with De Silva in second place and Norgard in third place the Holmes what are your main takeaways from that match just I mean
2: we've, we've, we've mentioned it already but Thomas Frank getting his tactics spot on um Going into that game against such a big team, I didn't I I had sort of low exp, not low expectations. I don't think I had any expectations. I just like wanted to see the match. My brother-in-law's a Man United supporter, and he thought that they would be in trouble. I thought we might get something of a backlash after the Brighton game. But if anything, Thomas Frank had a hold my beer with Brighton and just went, this is how it's really done. It was just, it was just. Um, imperious. It was just a, a completely dominating performance. We've, we've mentioned Jensen rightly man of the match. I think I lost my voice on the second goal because I was sorry for him to finally get a goal and to prove himself. The fourth goal was a, was a thing of beauty that I've probably watched a hundred times already. It's just perfect two passes and then in the back of the net. And um, a little comment for Aaron Hickey body-checking Cristiano Ronaldo into next week. Um, a man who's old enough to be his father who's been doing that sort of. Um, I, I, can't, I can't think of the word, but it's like, it's that sort of thumb in your nose kind of childish, like, I don't care who you are, mate, I'm having it. And Ronaldo's built a career on that, and Aaron Hickey treated him like he was a bag of rubbish. Well, Aaron Hickey goes on my hero list for that one. It was beautiful,
1: beautiful. And, he's, and the thing is also is that we have to remember Aaron Hickey is actually only 19 years old. Yeah. So he's actually. You know, you, you talk about the Brentford model where we buy these players in young, okay, then we think, oh right, they buy them in young, and then we have to spend, you know, two or three years building them up. So even Ollie Watkins, you know, we built them up, so when he becomes twenty one, twenty-two, they start to get into form. This this guy is like playing Premier League football and he's been playing Serie A, right? And he's literally only nineteen. What's he gonna be like when he's twenty-one and twenty-two years old?
2: I'm terrified to think. I really am. He's he's he just he looks so composed I mean when I think when I was 19 20 I could barely even put myself together in the morning and he is out there playing Cristiano out off the park and bossing Marcus Rashford like it's no big thing it's genuinely phenomenal and you saw it you saw it not to, to a lesser degree but you saw it in Lewis Potter when he came on last week as well previously the model like you say was developing them but we, we're buying these young kids these 20 year old 19 year old kids that are good to go now. It's it's incredible. It's the, the, the progression of Brentford in this transfer window compared to previous ones is big, very
3: big. Let me just run through some of the, the starting lineup for Man United. David de Gea. I'm not I'm not all of them. Harry Maguire. The most the most expensive goalkeeper paid goalkeeper in the world. Luke Shaw, Jadon Sancho, Fred, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen, Marcus Rashford, Cristiano Ronaldo. That's that, that's not. Uh, five hundred and fifty million
1: pounds, over five hundred and fifty million pounds, compared to our fifty-five million pounds. Apparently, it's,
3: it's not even. I agree, but it's, it's not even the money. It's it's just like the, the 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 stature, the ability, the experience of of that collective team, and our Brentford. They they literally annihilated them and you know it just shows you what we are capable of it's not it's not not even really about um what happened that in that 90 minutes it's just this this the it's the what's happening at our football club the, the players that we've got the people that we've got in charge the manager what he instills in them is that belief that teamwork you know it's been said a hundred times and it is true you know we're a better team they're, they're a better, they've got better players, but we've, we're a better team than Manchester United. But th- there's more than that. It's just, there is something truly special happening at, uh, at Brentford at the moment. And it's just a, it's an, it's, it's just a, a wonderful time to be a Bees fan. Okay, listen, and listen, you've
1: heard what we've got to say just a little bit. What we're going to do, we're going to go back to the weekend. We're going to relive that weekend. We're going to go back into the stands where they were playing Celebration and they were playing Free From Desire and they are playing all sorts of stuff. And we're going to come back to the pub here in the Globe and we're going to hear what the fans had to say straight after the final whistle, in the stands and in the pub.
4: Amazing, mate. 4-0, disappointed you didn't be Man by more than 4-0. What a day. They had no idea what hit them. You know, go on about them being as poor as you like. We had to put a apart in the first half. Second. Unbelievable!
5: That was a wonderful, wonderful performance from Brentford today. You know, I mean, Manchester United—they're in a deep doo doo. They really need to sort themselves out. But what it shows is, if you have a, if you're a manager, stroke head coach who believes in the
2: team, you have teamwork. You have you have scope for individuals, but everybody plays for the team. You'll get the result that you want. Brentford were brilliant today. Roll on next week in Fulham. Can't wait for it. It was a game of the Spanish goalkeepers
6: and the Danish midfielders. Jensen was magnificent first half, absolutely brilliant. Made Eriksson look like nothing. And Norgaard was superb throughout the game as well. Really, really brilliant. And midfielders brilliant. The Hale we just scared him into uh, into making mistakes. Their defence was all over the place. The midfield wasn't very good. They looked decent up front, you know. they looked very dangerous, but nothing about what we were doing. We were just hammered them. So, yeah, bees all the way.
3: You dream about days like this. Now you see it, your pelt still can't believe it. Four. And we should have had more. Unbelievable, Billy. Man, you woke up in the morning and thought, we're not particularly on form. What is the side we really don't want to play? And it's Brentford. Because they are just strong, they're fast, they're organised, all
7: those things that man you on. It is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely
5: fantastic. We outplayed some of the most, you know, gifted players. When you outplay gifted players, you know your club is good.
7: And that's what we did. Because
6: We have shown that awful, lazy narrative that Christian Eriksen is a great player. I would have loved him to stay. But... That awful, lazy narrative that he kept us up. And we've just shoved it back down everybody's throats that said that today and shown what a brilliant team with brilliant players we have, even without him.
4: And the apprentice is better than the teacher, Jensen. Jensen what a, what teacher a teacher
5: guy! That ball, for, yeah. what was it, the fourth goal? Yeah, goal yeah. Was just
3: outrageous. He you. should be locked away for that. We're a team. You know, somebody pointed out there was 100 million of talent on the side of the pitch. We probably, the whole
1: team on the pitch was in 100 minutes. They play as a team, they play for each other. You see uh,
3: Tony sending Josh over there to, to go back to the fans to celebrate the end. And he pushed Josh the day going off because he wants it. He's, it's
4: a team. They're playing it team. It's fantastic. I'm U- out. You you you
3: It was a combination of United defensively being so poor and us firing all cylinders. And when you get that combination, you end up with a 4-0 slaughtering like that. You ha- Both have to happen because sometimes we have those chances in other games and we don't capitalise on it. I can't remember the last time Jensen was so calm in front of a goal and finished it like that. But when both things happen, then you get this result.
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable, was not it? You still think I'm dreaming, but we were good today. I mean, they, they were bad, weren't they? They were poor. They, did, they were just going side, 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 side. When we got it, we were going
3: forward. We just beat Man United 4-0. I couldn't be any happier. Oh, could I Chelsea way no no <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> you know, I'm just so ecstatic you know what we were 4-0 up at half
5: time Manchester United Jesus I mean that was just insane the day absolutely insane I just I can't get my head around it I just, I just it's extraordinary extraordinary
1: Thomas Frank,
7: tactical genius. Any player today, I know they've done the top four poll for the man of the match. Any player could have be been man of the match today. Yeah. Every player was outstanding to a man. They were uh, just. Man United showed sure, nothing. We were quite happy to stand off them at points, clearly, and just let them try and create. They couldn't create. We just hit them on the counter, score, boom. Done the job in the first half. Easy. And Matthias Jensen. He's better than Christian Eriksen, by far. There's, there's absolutely nothing in it. I live in Dundee. Robbie is a
5: journo in Aberdeen, and we travel down once a month, Bill, as you know. Uh, got a season ticket to the West Stand. This is our life. This is our club, and it means the world. But do you know what? It's been a journey for all of us, because there was the bad days, the poor days. I only started watching Brentford in 1988 when I moved to London to work on the bosses but do you know what, we've been on a journey and this is just the best now and that was a sublime, it was a joy today to watch, to see and to be part of and thank you for what you do and welcoming us and keeping us in, as an inclusive part of the I'm still speechless by it every goal that
6: went in I was more and more speechless I'm not sure that still happened, is it the heat? Am I passed out somewhere? I don't know. Incredible. Just incredible.
5: day is our day because we can actually sit back and say, wow. Let's wallow in this, you know. All the papers are going to be talking about Brentford tomorrow because only because Man United have been beaten 4 0. Not about us, but come on, give us a bit of recognition, mate. Come on. We're a team now. We're a fantastic team. I was not sure before the game about Waslew playing in front of Hickey or whether it's Hickey in front of him. I never knew what was going on. No, no one knew. It surprised me. I don't think Thomas knew. No. I just think you threw him on. I said, You're Danish. Get on there. Get on there, you're Danish. What a day A day to save them mate And it's a day I'm thinking about you I'm thinking about All these people That have been supportive and thin. The characters And it's the big day You see these little kids Walking up and down the road They got their chests out today yeah. They got they got a Brentford shirt on That's right And they're just beating Man United 4-0 yes. You know The club shop they Couldn't get in here no. Couldn't get in here There was no. queues All the way down to Griffin Park Queues all the way to Q. queue Queue into queue That's right I think That's I was right. in the wrong queue That's right That's <laughs>
0: right <laughs> Brentford, are a very good team. They, they 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 put a lot. They upload a lot of pressure to the, all of the top six teams. I say they beat be Arsenal, uh, they beat be Chelsea, I, I believe. Hey, today everything everything went to plan. It was a great game for Brentford, and no, no, they they deserved the win. There was nothing you could say that could take away. It's a combination. We made mistakes, for example, with the kickoffs, with the goal kicks, uh, where we gave you guys easy chances. What uh, the, the counter attack where Tony came off on the left, threw ball there. But Again, that's kind of like just poor decision making where we didn't have enough cover at the back. Brentford
3: did their bit, we crumbled. Tonight, it's about just celebrating being a B, it's about celebrating the journey here. Last season was incredible, um, last season counts for nothing, but it's about this season. We're unbeaten, we've got four points, we're third in the Premier League. We're, we're here on merit. We contribute so much to this division. I am just so proud to be a Brentford fan tonight. I'm always proud to be a Brentford fan, Bill. Um, win, lose or draw, I'm always proud. But tonight is one of the best nights of my Brentford supporting life. And um, I'm, I am I, I love you and I love I love being a Brentford fan.
1: So there you go. Just tell me something. Go to prideofwest.london and check out that post-match podcast. It is hilarious. There are characters all over the place. Lulu is in there. Characters I haven't seen for years. Dads, mums, Scottish bees. Talk about the full story. Honestly, it was just a wicked, wicked day. Wicked evening. Wicked night. It just seemed to go on forever. I just about got my bus home. My last bus and my train to go all the way north and I got home at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. No, I didn't because I stayed there all... I've been here all the time. That was just me dreaming about it. But Anyway, it's absolutely fantastic. Now, tell you that there was a couple of things that actually made me very happy well it was, everything made me very happy about that game, but what was is almost like there's a couple of things that was put to bed I put a tweet out saying that I was really happy that finally the Christian Ericsson um, has saved Brentford story that the lazy pundits out there use and also the opposition fans when they're trying to justify that we're you know oh, Brentford are going to get relegated because they haven't got Christian Erickson anymore and it's kind of like you know you haven't even done your homework and so that has been well and truly put to bed, because look at that side that played, in that team that played, it was only Ben, um, me, okay, who had come in as a in effect as a substitute for uh, for even Pinnock I suppose it is, and also Aaron Hickey, who is like the right back that we have never had, okay. But then you can argue that he came in for aya so those two players are slotted in. But other than that, everybody else is the same, right? It's the same as what we had last season when we actually had players who. When we came out of injury, we said our team is going to get better once we've got our teams, you know, out of injury and up and running. So the team did the business, um, but it was minus Christian Eriksen who was on the other side. So I think the point I'm trying to say here, though, is that that kind of proved to a lot of people that we can do it. What a few people did, and again, I spoke to one journalist, I'm not going to mention his name, he's cool, he's a good mate of mine as well, you know, and then his immediate thing was, oh, it's Man United. And I'm thinking, I mean, oh, no, what, what? So, so beforehand... You slate Brentford off and you say all these things about them. But then when we do something which is really good, instead of giving us credit, you sort of say, well, it's only Man United, right? So does that mean that they're going to get beaten 4-0 every single week? Is that, is that what you're saying? Or, you, or, or we were just, you know, we were lucky and... Because I, I'm really confused about this. And it's almost like people, they're really reticent to kind of give the credit Right, and you see when they when they do give the credit, sometimes it's with gritted teeth. I mean, I was listening to, I think it was the uh, this was the Guardian podcast today, the other podcast. Where all of a sudden everyone's going, "Ah, oh, Brentford are really good," but it's almost like they're like, "We've got to say they're good now," because to be honest with you we can't really say they're rubbish because they were actually quite good and it's, it's really weird you know the situation we're in and we're used to it because we're lower league fans and everyone always takes the piss out of us and we're used to it we're used to teams like Brentford but don't you and you might other fans are sitting down there Fulham fans might be listening good to, look at them they're getting really bitter and it's like it's not that at all but it's kind of like sometimes it gets to the stage where it's like listen, why don't you watch the football? You know, We're going to talk a little bit later about these Man United fans, what they say. But the, the nice thing I like about Liverpool fans is they watch the game, they talk to you about it and they got a bit of respect and they talk to you about football. But this, I think this Premier League, I'm still trying to get my head around it. I think there's too many people that kind of like, they, they, they watch too much football on TV. right? They don't actually go to games and I don't know, it's, their perception of the game is completely different to what I think... It should be, and for what I see when I go to the matches every week.
3: Yeah, if you can't see how how much and what we contribute to this league um, after the second year, and they, they, you know, we we me and me and those were talking before about narratives, you know. They, there seems to be a, a narrative that's become popular. I don't know who started it, but this second season thing. So there's, it's been a lot of a lot of pundits, a lot of observers who have tipped us. Oh, second season syndrome, Brentford. They, you know they're going to struggle. They're going to go down. We might we might do yet, yeah, but there's no sign of it. So I think a lot of them have invested uh, opinions and and put, nailed their colours to say, say that we're we're going to get relegated. So seeing us seeing us uh, smash. Seeing us smash Man United foot by four, that doesn't really fit into what they've um, they put themselves in a position of uh, committing to. So, um, you know, I, I listened to the Thomas Frank uh, interview today on TalkSport, and again, you know, for, for all the, I mean, for all the kind of understanding of what we do, there's just always seems to be a, a belittlement at the end, like, oh, oh, Thomas Frank offering advice to Ten Hag. You know, but you know, without any understanding of the experience that that Thomas Frank has got, you know, he's he's coached the, the national team at every level apart from the top one, which he probably will do at some stage. He's taken his club um, up into the playoffs twice, took us to promotion to the Premier League. We we took some incredible scalps, and he showed his true colours in his tactical nous last year, and he's doing it all over again. If that doesn't earn him. And if that doesn't earn him respect and that, the old hashtag manners, then I think it does him a massive disservice. And you know, but as you say, Bill, you know, we're we're used to it. We're not. It doesn't really. It doesn't really. It's not annoying us as such. But it's just kind of like it's just weird to see how people can dance around the head of a needle on on such on on, on just not on, on on not not giving us the credit really for for. They'll they'll talk about everything else apart from saying they Brentford absolutely smashed them and I mean to be fair match of the day did, did that, I thought match of the day the pundits thought uh, Shearer and Ninnica and um, Mika Richards I thought they did all right
1: that's right and, 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 and the homes I mean it's, look, we we talked about the narrative here and we, I know we've talked about it a little bit before but I mean just tell us a little bit more your feelings about kind of um, where we probably where we stand now in the sort of kind of Premier League status have they accepted us yet or, or do we still have to prove our worth I don't think we're properly
2: accepted yet to the level of say Brighton um, and we still got a bit of proving to do but for me it's just a little bit like we saw it in the Championship we saw it in the Championship when we went up to the Championship a lot of people were like well it's only you know Sunderland who you beat and everyone knows they're on their downers and then within a couple of seasons Borough, Middlesbrough, who were previously a bogey side, were getting put to the sword regularly. Um, It's just that. I know Thomas Frank and and Matthew Benham and Phil Giles talk about constant improvement and that game on Saturday was a sign of that because Man United did beat us home and away last season. We didn't didn't really lay a glove on them, I don't think. And then on Saturday... We just roundhoused them off the pitch. So it's it's improvement. So we'll get there eventually, I think, with acceptance.
3: I think, it, I think it's also our style, you see, because at no stage will Thomas Frank give it the big one. So when we get the opportunity to kind of hashtag rub their noses in it and just kind of... Not really rub their noses in it, but just kind of like say look at us haven't we done well we, we, we back away from doing that it's, it's that humbleness so and then it allows the journalists to kind of like reset themselves and go back to that underestimating us because we've, we've, they, we, it's, we don't really give ourselves the hard sell so they're able to carry on thinking what they did before and um, they're, they're pretty much unchallenged and there's also a you know who, who are we to tell anyone how to do it anyway, even though you can pinpoint to a hundred reasons why we are in a position to tell them to do it and I, I think you know we're from the top to the bottom there's really really nice people really humble people that really just aren't big I am merchants and I, I think that you know that allows people just to kind of f- f- take take the 4-0 win and then just reset uh, you know what they were thinking before and I'm going to come back to the homes in a minute there but just, I'm just picking on that point that we talked about the humble
1: people and the people that make us win, you know win and and it's interesting in that interview on Talksport with uh, Thomas Frank which you can probably get on the Talksport app uh, or maybe you might find it on social media flying around there as well you know which is very very interesting but he talked about the fact that he felt that you know they were saying to him oh well Thomas you know you know, i 'm not very really funny but i 'm going to be honest with you. I was on talk sport uh, just around the time when Thomas Frank was um, just taken on board just after Dean Smith left and he hadn 't won hardly any matches and they were saying to me ah oh, Thomas Frank he's going to get sacked isn't he? he's going to get sacked and I said no he's not they're going oh yes he is he's going to get sacked and I said no he's not I said he's doing everything right all the players are doing everything right so he's not going to get sacked it's fine and you know he didn't win he won one game in ten he lost all the rest of them and everything like that but after that it turned it around so it's interesting so TalkSport were one of the, the media bodies that were on his throat they wanted him they wanted him out the door you know what I'm saying because that's what they do but now they're going oh Thomas oh you're brilliant you're the best oh Tremie League this is fantastic you know so uh, so when are you going to go on to your next club then basically what they're saying to him and what was interesting he said to me in effect he goes look you know that, that may happen it may happen 10 years time whatever like that he goes but even if I do go I ain't going to get the experience that I got at Brent- I'm, I'm getting at Brentford he goes this is probably you know one of the best jobs in the world for me and I think this is the reflective of the people it, it, the players that we get in the people the staff and everyone being on the same page I know I keep walk, um kind of harking back to the Warburton days, you know, who we loved. Me and Laney used to sit down with Warbs and we used to talk about him all the time. I used to be on the phone to him all the time chatting about stuff, you know what I'm saying? But Warbs was just doing a job on us because basically it was all about him. He wasn't on the same page as us. He was on the same page as us when he was there for a little bit of a while because he wanted to get us on board, but he really was on the same page as Brentford fans and that's why Warbs ended up leaving. And we didn't realise that till later because we were, we were gutted when he left. And now you realise that When you look at clubs like Man United, when you look at clubs who are, you know, they've got loads of money, but they're disheveled. They're all over the place. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why they're like that is that you have to be, you have to be sorted from the top To the bottom, you have to have the right people in place. Man United, who's buying their players? Who's doing this? Does everyone agree with what they're doing? Did the players that they Ronaldo? Why is he going off on stropping all over the place? What I'm saying, you can't, you can't have players like that in your team if you really want to be doing the business. Everything has to be have a synergy, and everything needs to work, and everyone needs to be on the same page. But I think that's part of Man United's problem; they're
3: not on the same page. Lewis talks about it earlier. I'll let him explain. It's about the Danish mindset.
2: I'm going to butcher this word, so apologies to Danish listeners. But I think it's huger, and it's all about comfort and contentment. You know, fluffy pair of socks and a bowl of ice cream in front of your favourite film, that sort of thing. And Thomas Frank has talked about it as being at work, like having it as an ethos around the club, top to bottom, left to right. And you've, we've already mentioned it. You know, we, when when Talksport said Thomas Frank, you're going to get sacked, and he didn't. He could have thumbed his nose, but he didn't. He just went it's all good, I'm fine, and he got on with the job. The guy appears to be very happy where he is at work, and that bleeds into the team, and that bleeds upwards into the sort of management of the club, and it bleeds out into the fan base as well, and we are all ridiculously content at the moment, and that's why I think we don't feel our need to brag about beating Man United 4-0. We're going to enjoy it, of course we're going to enjoy it, because it's brilliant, but we're not going to go around giving it the big I am. We're just content with our lot, and, you know, that's that... I'm like, I won't say the word again in case I offend any no, Danish listeners Hygge, I, I believe I think it's H-Y-G-G-E I think Apologies if I've got that wrong But um, it's, it's, it's about being content And happy with your lot It's not about We're not going to go punching above our weight And we're not going to be like Right, we've beaten Man United Now we can beat Man City It's not like that It's just on to the next game And, and we'll do our best And we should be alright
1: yeah, and I mean, and then talking about being all right and talking about being on content and also talking about manners, as we say. I mean, my attention was brought, um, somebody actually um, private messaged me on, on Instagram and just brought my attention to the fact that um, there's a podcast called the Talking Devils podcast. And he said, Bill, you've got to check this out, mate. It's really bad. He goes, it's really, really bad. This Talking Devils podcast, they're absolutely kind of like, you know, they're just talking nonsense. And so he told me to take a look. I took an absolute look and uh, spoke to Laney. Laney knew about it as well. And, um, well, tell you something, I can't say any more about this because what I'm going to do is you're going have to have to listen to this clip to see what they have to say because this is quite typical of the kind of stuff that we've been dealt up, not in this season or last season, for years. This kind of stuff when we, when we play teams, you know, when we play teams with players like Andre Gray when we just signed them from Luton, and everyone's going, hey, is that they've got a, they've got a striker from non-league playing, and bang, he's just beat them. Like, oh no! And then they 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 say something to you, which is really quite disrespectful. But have a little listen to, like I said, to the Talking Devils podcast because they're they're going farming, apparently, or apparently we're going, we're farming. going farming. We're yeah. just sheep, mate. That's right. Well, you know that's what we've got. This is the Talking Devils podcast talking about Brentford. <laughs>
4: Football is about common sense more than anything. And when you are struggling in a game, the best thing to do is get hold of the ball and and, and really slow the play down. Once we went one goal down, we should have got hold of it. Brentford play like I like to call under-8s football. They just hound you and hound you and hound you. It's not particularly tactically great. It's just somebody running... And closing somebody down quickly rather than slowly, and it's like under eight football. It's almost like sheep, you know, following the ball. And it's quite easy to stop. It's quite easy to stop that. And it's a back in Phil's day, it's a cruncher, isn't it, on the centre half, or it's a or you're coming back and you're crunching the centre midfield. You're doing something, aren't you, to disrupt their play? How many times did their fullback, that little lightweight, full-back... Rashford didn't even go at him, didn't put him in the stands once. What's all that about? The game's gone soft. The, the game has just gone soft. It really has. I just uh, give up.
1: So there you go. Bah, bah. Nah. 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 So cheers to Chris Lewin. Cheers, Chris, for uh, bringing that to our attention. <laughs> it's rubbish. Rubbish, sheep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Chris brought that to our attention and um, and, and there, there you go so we had a little listen and we thought we've got to clip it we put, clipped it put it up on Twitter it got, um, it got quite That's a bit of, it got, <laughs> yes right it got quite a bit of heat you know Natalie Sawyer you know Rick Waitman yeah all sorts of characters talking about it but also we've got the talking um, Devils podcast guys are there who again it's one of the situations which we've had before where they were sort of saying no you've taken it out of context um, now I'm going to say to you You're listening to this And I'm saying this is, How can you take that clip Out of context Because it, it says what it says You know And, 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 and it, there's no taking it out of context There may be other things That may be said by other people in the, in the podcast But that clip Was very specific Was it not the Holmes?
2: Yeah of course it was It was very specific They play under eights football That's, what that, that's the words that were said But I
1: And our tactics
2: you're going to have to remind
3: me of those because I'm not on
2: Twitter and I haven't.
1: So played, I've
3: read the clip once. So. Yeah, like ineffective tactics, un- underrated football, just chasing the ball around like sheep. I mean, my God, you know. Uh, or, uh, if, if it's that easy to kind of identify the press. I mean, that's they want the press. That's the reason they're playing the ball out the back. They, they want the press so they can they, they can play it around and then they beat it and then they counter-attack. That's the system that they are set up to play. And we absolutely pulled their pants down.
2: It's what Ten Hag wants to do. It's exactly what we did to them on Saturday is what he wants to do to, do to other clubs. So to, to call it under is, yeah, I don't really... I, it just it, it feels a little bit like Saturday evening. I'm not very happy. I'm going to have a little lash out. And, you know, it's not the best choice of words. I'll no, but...
1: no, no. but again, and I'm not saying that because, I mean, I think you've been very kind to them. The, <laughs> un, the, un, the under-rates thing is cool. I think the, way, the tactical thing is the thing that got me a little bit because basically, in effect, he was saying their tactics are really rubbish, their tactics are really basic. All it is is them running around really fast and sort of kind of closing you down and just doing it faster than we are. And it's almost like he doesn't understand the concept of pressing. He doesn't understand why we were doing it. It's almost like he didn't understand that the, the, our manager had worked out that they weren't very good at X, Y and Z, so this is the way to stop them.
2: It might be that he doesn't understand the concept of pressing because Ronaldo, uh, Rashford, and Sancho didn't press a thing on Saturday. And they are, you know, they're expected to play a press. And so it might be that he just doesn't recognize pressing.
3: I don't. I think he just doesn't understand football. <laughs> I, 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 if I'm honest with you, and you know, I mean, you know, Bielsa, um, he was it was lauded as some sort of you know genius for having a, a high press, high energy game. You know, that's, that's all. That's all. That's all. The, that's the only way they could play, and that was that was their undoing in the end. That was that was the reason they had second season syndrome because they only had one style of playing, and he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna sort of change that for anyone. Um, and in the end, it took you know took i last, last day, win our place to keep him in this division. Um, you know, I, again, I just go back to if you know, you, you can make, you can explain it to people a hundred times, but you can't make people understand um, that Thomas Frank is a is a very very shrewd tactician and a, and a brilliant head coach. Um, you know, he, he 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 out he outfoxed someone who's been lauded as you know one of the best in Europe. So that makes us have one of the best coaches in europe ourselves i'd say so under eight sheep yeah <laughs> so he's <it's, it's>, <laughs> yeah, 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 doing a uh, farm i am in the middle of designing a few t-shirts to be honest with you bill <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean you know we're just a, we're just a farmyard in Hounslow, bill yeah. We are a farmyard in Hounslow, <laughs> indeed so listen
1: um tell you something whenever we get a funny moment like that we always go to somebody who's completely and utterly jolly and he gives us some facts and some fun we're gonna go over to jb because he's got some statistical knowledge on our first home game of the season. I mean, it's just like he just plucks it out of the air, but he's absolutely brilliant at doing it as well. Let's go to JB and find out about his facts and his funk. Are you ready for this?
6: I joined you for coming. Who? JB! And he's ready to dock it to
4: you one time. Uh, get
6: it! Hello, Jonathan Burchell here again. Exactly a year to the day since we beat Arsenal, we were again the Premier League's News of the Weekend as we recorded our first league victory over Manchester United for over 85 years. Another record of the Harry Curtis era falling to this Thomas Frank side. Josh De Silva carried on where he left off at Leicester and scored for the second successive game. The first player to score in the opening two league fixtures of a season since Ollie Watkins in 2018. Four first half goals was a significant change from last season. Well, we failed to score in the first 45 minutes in 14 of our 19 home games and managed a total of just six goals in the other five. In our previous 95 league seasons there have been only 25 matches where we've gone into the break having scored at least four goals. So roughly happens once every four to five seasons. Only twice before in our league history have we been 4-0 up at half-time and finished with that same scoreline. The first was against Brighton in the season's opening home game in 1926 and the second was in a match where it was described as it's raining goals at Griffin Park in 1992. As we went on our way to promotion to the second tier, coincidentally, against next Saturday's opponent,
1: Fulham. Listen, what can I say? Look, let's, just, let's forget about that nonsense, right? And let's talk about... There's a little bit of stats, actually. It's is interesting. Listen, if you checked out the Gowler... And co. Bees breakdown as they call themselves. They've written another little article, on besotted.com as well. Uh, the Holmes has written an article on besotted.com as well. You should go and check it out as well. I thought I'd mention it. He's on the podcast here as well. He's written an article the morning. Yeah, offer. yeah, yeah. The morning after the day before, the day before, after the morning after, There it is. That's right, which is all good. So he's written that, but I'm coming back to the Galo and he's done that and he's done this little he loves his little breakdowns where he's just talking about the key moments within the game, you know, and what happens within these key moments. And he talked very much in his article, like what they talked in the match of the day, how they were, like, gushing. And they were gushing on match of the day, all right, uh, with the blood rushing out of their heads and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And they were were gushing about Brentford's style and how, basically, they said Thomas Frank, he did a job, as we talked about earlier, you know, they did a job, they knew Christian Eriksen was the playmaker. And they moved him back into a playmaker position, away from the number nine position that he was in last week. And they thought if he could pick up the ball and he could play, he'll actually dictate the play. But we knew that and they showed how, you know, Christian, uh, um, not Norgaard, Jensen, just chopped him down and cut him down and even got the goal. So he's just checked that out. But like I said to you, stats-wise, it's really interesting because... um, you know, um, like I said to you, from, a, from an XG level, actually, it wasn't, it, w- it, wasn't, it wasn't massive between the two. I mean, the, 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 what we're using is we use uh, Infragoal normally, 1.75 to 1.13. What you found, I think, in this game is that Brentford were massively clinical. You know, um, the Ben Mead goal... Fifty percent, so one in two of them normally go in the back of the net. Then Boomer Cole, fifty-five percent, so one in two of them normally go in the back of the net. That Jensen goal, fifteen percent, so that's about one in six, one in seven of those go in the back of the net.
3: And the De Silva goal, I mean, what do you reckon that was? Oh, it was tiny. It would have been minute because you know. Well, um, point point five. How many? How many, how many in hundred? Oh, um, in a hundred, oh, less than less than one in four hundred. Uh, There's not that much.
1: Less than one in four hundred is quite quite massive, but two out of a hundred of those shots would have been registered to have gone in the back of the net. So two percent is is on the, on the XG, zero point zero two XG, which is very very small. Which basically is what we talk about sometimes. It's, it's, that's like a Ben Rama type chance. You know what I'm saying when I mean, Ben Rama pulls one out the hat.
3: It must be like similar to Cristiano Ronaldo's shot early on that was on target. The, uh, the Raya saved easily and it didn't let that one sneak under. I, mean, I haven't looked at the XG bill, is there's kind of a, a cumulative of on top? They, had, they seem to have a few attempts on target, but none of them were really dangerous. And, and Man United
1: had lots of it. Again, if you look at the XG chart, it's like, you know, the, size, the bigger the size of the dot is the better uh, the, the, the opportunity that you've created. And they've got lots and lots and lots and lots of very, very, very tiny dots in and around the edge of the area and also in the other areas. So they've took lots of chances, but basically no, they didn't create very good chances. It's almost like Brentford were very happy taking their pot shots for wherever they are and believing that, you know, the goalkeeper would be able to, to deal with it. I mean, stats-wise, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about the stats-wise. I mean, just giving a bit of a summary as to as to that game, you know, um, Brentford created a high number of chances relative to our position. OK, so we're basically, you know, we created low chances. We were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from long-shot situations. We created goal scoring opportunities from counter attacks we effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces and we were strong at finishing and this is the key here for me because sometimes we create loads of chances and we don't put in the back of the net this one the chances we created and the low opportunity chances we created basically they all went in the back of the net as well weaknesses uh, no significant weaknesses for Man United uh, no significant strengths at all <laughs> but they were poor at finishing they were aggressive they gave a lot of free kicks around the box and they committed a high number of individual errors I mean that just kind of like sums up our game for us isn't it
2: I think I mean it, it was the second half so we can't talk about any of the goals but I think McTominay sort of summed up the difference between the two sides when he came on in the second half because he gave away so much around the box he gave he put the ball out a touch when they had it he committed needless fouls, but it was all down to Brentford players putting him under pressure. It wasn't, he would only make those mistakes if he was under pressure. And I, I can't even pull names out of the hat of who put him under pressure. But it seemed like even in the second half, although we were qu- we looked quite happy to sit back, you know, relax in the 36 degree heat and not go for a fifth or a sixth or a seventh, no matter how much everybody wanted them. Um, but they were quite happy to just make force Man United into mistakes and just lose possession and they couldn't build They couldn't build anything. They couldn't build. They couldn't build they stickle could. bricks. They had nothing. They
1: couldn't build a bonfire.
2: They, no. <laughs> they couldn't build a bonfire. They couldn't put QPR on top. No.
3: Uh, we, we, you know, uh, there was a couple of chance. A couple of opportunities. You know, you now had that shot. He um, should have squared it for, for Ivan Tony probably. I thought um, Rico had a. A, a, a brilliant volley, I think, wasn't it? That De Gea kind of plucked out the. A bit Similar to his one at Everton. Yeah. So, oh, um, headache, so there, there was, there was, yeah, there was, a, it was a few bits and bobs, but yeah, the, ga- the game, the game was won. You it know, was, was. Why, why do we want to? You know, yes, it's obviously nice to go and humiliate them, but we'd already done that. I, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, stretching and over, you know, over exerting in that heat. You know, I'm not saying we backed off massively, but. there there was clearly you know the the cutting edge and that sort of like primal drive you know disappeared um and it was just about not getting injuries and I, i guess our minds had moved on already to fulham on saturday and very nicely cued there Lainey, the professional
1: that you are we're gonna now take a break we're gonna go to the bar and we're going to get ourselves another drink. To be quite honest with you, like my tent is in the corner of this pub here. I like, you know what I'm saying, so I might have to go into the tent to go and get a change of t-shirt because I'm feeling a bit hot and sweaty again. You know what I'm saying? You know, I've been here for since Saturday night as well. Then we're going to go to the bar, get ourselves another drink, come back, and we're going to talk about that game on Saturday, the Fulham. Saturday, big game on Saturday. A bit of a weird one, actually. I mean, when this one, when the fixtures are announced. And I saw that this game was on a Saturday in August. Most likely to be a three o'clock kickoff, Fulham away. I was so excited because for me, and listen, I, I, speak, I speak to Sammy from Fulhamish say all the time, you know, we, we sit down there because we are chums, you know. You know, we've got that little rivalry thing going, but we do chat all the time. And I said to him, to be honest with you, mate, I want you to come up because it's a bit boring without you you know, in this Premier League. It's all right we play all these teams, like your Man United and all that kind of stuff, and it's lovely playing them. And we haven't got the same kind of beef that we have with Fulham, you know. So I thought, I can't wait for Fulham. And I thought, yeah, fantastic. And we Man United and this and Leicester. And then we play Fulham and it's going to be brilliant. Three o'clock kick-off. But then I'm coming into this game and you probably think I'm getting me excuses in early. And I'm feeling slightly deflated because I think that the Man United has like been such a pinnacle... I don't don't know if Fulham, I don't know if Fulham could top it, you know what I'm saying, no no, no matter what happens there, you you, know what I'm saying, don't you, lady?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do. I hundred percent agree. You need to, you need to take some of the uh, Thomas Frank Kool Aid, mate, and um, <laughs> just just do the one game at a time and just re- forget that. Just concentrate on the, the game. At I can't, the time, I can't mate. help it. I can't help it. No, perhaps you need to get home and have a shower <laughs> because uh, you, you, you look like you look like a big issue seller over <laughs> here. <laughs> cat home, right? weasel. Yeah, cat <laughs> weasel. Yeah, no, oh I know. Mean, but I tell you what, mate. However you feel at the moment, by the time Friday night comes and you wake up on Saturday morning, you'll be bang up for it. There's absolutely no way you won't be. So uh, I go home on Friday night and I get up on Saturday morning. I mean, yeah. You also maybe think about going home tonight, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a brilliant fixture to have in the Premier League. You know, we we've we've got beef. You know, I, I think I I personally think it's. Uh, you know, there's we've got bragging rights one way or the other. I think them beating us at Wembley it gives them a little bit of a swagger. We we tend to beat It's them. one game. We te- yeah, one game. It's, a, it's quite a big game, um, and we, we seem to beat them the rest of the time. Yes. It's funny. I was on the ha- the Hammy End podcast a little bit earlier.
1: You're hamming it up, ha-
3: Hamming it right up. <laughs> um, and uh, they they obviously mentioned that game, but they didn't. they, they glossed over the Ben Rama uh, double. When we, we played him in the League Cup, sort of uh, in the season that followed, where we absolutely we absolutely wiped wiped our, wiped our asses with them. Um, so, we, we do okay. By and large, we do okay against them. You know, we haven't. You know, again, not not, not tempting fate. We we haven't lost uh, Craven Cottage since we got promoted back to the Championship. Um, we've, we've had a couple of draws. We've had you know a famous win. Um, I think I think you know I go there pretty confident. I'm I'm I'm, I'm nervous of, of Fulham. They, this is a very different Fulham to the one we played uh, any time recently. They they they've they to have sorted their shit out. If I'm honest with you, um, they've got some really good players. Metrovic um, is proving that he can score in the Premier League. Hopefully, they're the only two goals that he gets all season. Um, <laughs> You know, they're, they're sniffing around Moorpey. I hope he doesn't go there. You know, Moorpey was the guy that famously scored and, and, and broke their hearts. And then they said, oh, we thank you for equalising in the last minute in uh, a cottage that day because without that, we wouldn't have gone to Wembley and we wouldn't have beaten Derby and we wouldn't have got promoted. And I just say, you're clutching at straws there, chaps. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm looking for it's, it's, it's a It's a really good... Very good-natured, very intense derby, I'd say. And I, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know... Um, you go there without any jeopardy, really. You know, I, I just think there's a lot of stake, but it's, it's, uh, it's on the right side.
1: The homes. how much are you looking forward to the trip to Craven Cottage? This time, unfortunately, and maybe it's because of the train strikes on Saturday, but there are no boats going down. And normally we have a flotilla of boats going down the river, but I don't think there are any boats going down this time. So, uh, I mean, is, 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 this, is this upsetting your day?
2: Not really, no, because I missed out on a ticket to this game by about that much. I'm holding my fingers about half an inch apart. Um, so I can't make it, unfortunately. I'll have to settle with the wireless or sitting outside Craven Cottage, um, leaning up against the wall with a glass. But um, we've talked a lot about narratives and uh, settled clubs at this evening and I do think that this Fulham game is a little bit different to other Fulham games it is the nicest derby in the country I think everybody would agree with that compared to some of the needle we see elsewhere it's all very polite and good natured but we've talked about hold on a second are you sure about that I mean if you compare it to something like uh, I don't know um Conte and Touchele dancing down the touchline. We've never seen anything like that in this fixture,
1: have we? How do you know we might see it this this one? Because you know you got two characters, Thomas Frank. You know, and, 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 the, and bet- listen, there is a bit of history between the fans as well. Let's not listen. Let's not, there's no two ways about that.
2: Yeah. generally good-natured. It's generally good-natured. But I, I think that this is. I think that this is. So we've we, we've played two teams that aren't very settled and sorted in Leicester and Manchester United. But Fulham seem quite relaxed and quite sorted and quite zen. Not quite as zen as as Thomas Frank's Huger-inspired Brentford, but quite sort of relaxed. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game to watch. I think it's going to be quite different to previous games, and I think it is going to be quite a close game um, between the two sides.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think there's, uh, there's a lot to be fearful of, of Fulham there. They've got some really, really, really strong players. I, I, I think it's going to be a cracking derby. Um, yeah, the atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, I, you know, there'll, be, there'll be a few, few beers down before the okay. game and a few afterwards. I, I, honestly I can't wait I, I just think I think the, the fixture deserves to be in the top flight again yes. um, you know and it's it's, 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 the, it's the West London derby really that's got the most needle uh, in the top flight because you know Chelsea don't really Care much about us all them, so this is this is the one that only only really matters to be honest. Uh, and we're watching a, a, at the moment now. We've
1: got another West London team, um, Premier okay. League team, um, QPR Who? Are, so, uh, no, no, sorry, lower league. Uh, sorry, league. I, I got it wrong, <laughs> completely wrong. Sorry, that I thought they were in the
3: same division. But no, I, I, no, yeah. no, no, I think we've worked that out a couple of weeks. I, I thought the same, Bill, but you, you seem to you, you corrected me the first time.
1: I did you know but maybe it's like you maybe know like like old you age. Home. Yeah, maybe I need to get home and, and, and have a wash and, and, and sort myself out like, you know but um, so talking about Fulham listen Fulham um, I'm going to hop back to the first I saw like I said as you know I've been away um, I was in Spain uh, first game of the season uh, got very excited went out popped out to, I mean as you said as you go to Spain. an Irish bar isn't too far away <laughs> anyway, you go be able to watch your football so I popped out to the Irish bar and uh, surrounded by lots of English people watching the football and I watch Fulham versus Liverpool, first game of the season, and I'm going to sit down here and listen. I'm and I'm going to stoke up all this rather and anything like that. I'm going to have to tip my hat and say, actually, I thought actually Fulham were actually quite good yeah. in that game. I thought they played really well. I thought they pressed really well. I thought Mitrovic actually didn't look like a lazy bastard that he normally looks like. And, uh, and, 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 and a person who can't really give a monkeys, who thinks I'll score a goal, but I don't really need to do anything else. He actually worked really hard. And I don't know if this is a, a product of this new manager. Um, well, not new manager, but relatively new manager that you're talking about, um, post Parkable. Um, what do you think, Laney?
3: Yeah, I mean, I wish they were shit as they always were. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, but I mean, no, we've just we've just caned you know the Man United fan for for, for talking nonsense, and I, I, I'm not going to stand here and, and talk nonsense and and say they're shit because they 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 usually are, but they're not at the moment, and um, you know I, that's why I, I think you know it's going to be a tight game. It's one I think we will go there and win. I, I I think we we you know it's always a it's always a, a tendency to kind of. Underplay our strengths, underestimate ourselves, always worry about the opposition, never really kind of give, always look at the threats of others and kind of think, oh, well, you know, that's tough. But we've got a match for pretty much everyone in this division, bar probably Man City and Liverpool. I think we've shown that. Arsenal is going to be a toughie in a few weeks, but, you know, we, 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 you know I think we'll be up for that as well. I, we, we've got a really, really good team and we've got players to come in. You know, Damsgaard. Will we see something of him? There's, you know, we we got, you know, uh, Mads Roslev, the players that can come in who are unexpected they come in and they play, they play really great games. We've got a really good deep squad of players all pulling in the right direction. So if we go to Craven Cottage. I think we'll win. I, I, yeah, as I said, I wish they were worse than they are, but uh, I still think we've got the beating of them.
1: Listen, we need to know a little bit more about Fulham. So we're going to go to my old chum, Sammy, from the Fulhamish podcast. Uh, We haven't heard from him for a while because they've been down in the championship. But to be fair, they did romp the championship last season. And that's not the point. It's a different division. And he's going to tell us everything we need to know about the championship, about the Premier League, about Fulham, and whether or not he thinks that it's going to be bees up, Fulham down.
7: Hey Billy, hey Besotted guys, hope you're good. Sammy here from Fulhamish. Thanks for having me on the show as ever. Excited to have this game back in our lives. Obviously, there's been a couple of games behind closed doors against Brentford. One of them, the big one, Uh, one of them not so big one against uh, you guys in the Carabao Cup. And Even if you try to uh, pretend that it was, but it's good to have the game back. It's good to be back in the Premier League. Um, the championship last year was fun it was exciting um, it was a great way to get back to being in stadiums watching us romp the championship um, in the end we didn't get an extraordinary amount of points 90 but by all intents I think that Fulham took their foot off the gas at the end Probably could have got 100 if they'd have been a little bit more professional about it. Um, But score 106 goals for Mitrovic to score as many goals as he did. Yeah, I think it just showed that Fulham's manager and players were just a level above the quality uh, in that league. It was a poor championship season, you could probably argue. Um, I think you can see that by the calibre of that Bournemouth squad that came up, the calibre of the Forest squad that came up, that it's not quite the championship that it used to, but still you can only beat what's in front of you and Fulham did that brilliantly. Um, And it was definitely uh, an enjoyable season. I think a season that the fans all needed really to get back on side and and fall back in love with the club. (laughs) Will this season be any different? I'm not 100% sure Uh, obviously we're expected to go down because we're a promoted team and that is a rite of passage now I think it's going to be very very difficult Uh, we've been thrown a few curveballs losing Fabio Carvalho was uh, a big blow one that we knew was coming we knew he'd move to Liverpool he was such an integral part of our squad and then since then Harry Wilson picking up an injury uh, is not good he was such a massive player for us last season and then for us to Get Mana Solomon, our brand new signing from Shakhtar Donetsk, our tricky winger that I think we expected to be a big attacking force for us this season to be injured until at least the World Cup is such a massive blow. So we're looking light in the attacking areas. We might bring in a player like Willian to cover the gap until the World Cup, but it's not ideal. Um, and really, Mitrovic is our main attacking threat up front now. Players like Niskins, Skabana and Dekadova Reed will try and fill the gap, but they're clearly not quite as good. So that's been a big blow for us. And uh, the defence has been a a big problem, but I think we've reinforced well there. We've got the... Old guard of Tosnada Abayo and Tim Ream, um, plus some new players like Burn Leno and Issa Diop, both of whom I think are excellent signings. So I think we're looking all right now in defence. Midfield is strong as well. We've made a great signing in Jao Polina. Um, I think he's going to be uh, a monster in this league. And I think he already early signs are that uh, you can see him getting a big transfer in a few years. He, he feels like a wonderful player at this level. Um you asked about scott parker and the questions that you asked me billy um i think this is a very very different style of football that we play under marco Silva. much more front foot much more attacking parker looked to stifle games and nick them which is exactly what happened in that game against you guys at wembley he played it perfectly didn't he 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 stifled brentford's attack didn't give you any kind of space and Hoped that some, a moment of magic would win the game, and, and that's ultimately what happened. Silver is very much, he likes to get games by the scruff of the neck. Early doors, likes to attack um, big in the first 15 minutes. I imagine that's what we'll see on Saturday, is it, it, Silver go for it and try and get an early goal try and play up to the crowd which will be up for it and once we take the lead then we can kind of contain the game play it at our pace that's that's the way that silver uh, likes to do it I think obviously we can't attack quite as freely as we did in the championship um, we've effectively replaced um, an attacker for a defender in midfield now so we now have a double midfield pivot but that's because the Premier League is a, is a higher standard and you could afford to have that extra attacker in the championship. And now um, we're going to have to you know, win games by a much more narrow margin. Um, last year, we, we looked to score as many as we could. We obviously scored seven uh, twice. We scored uh, no, sorry, three times. Uh, we scored six goals twice. Um, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen this season. But we'll still look to, to get goals and, and finish games off. We're not a team that will ever... Just look to get one and, and contain unless we absolutely have to in the dying minutes. Silver's teams will always want to score more and more and more goals. Um, you asked about that game at Wembley. Um, and I know that Brentford fans say that they weren't that disappointed. I think that had that game been in front of fans, it would have been the game of all time. It still felt important to us, though. And I know Brentford fans will play it down. And, and I think the foot position that I've always had with that match, it was a must not lose we just couldn't afford to lose it to you guys. I think had that happened, I think that it would have been a a shift in the power balance between between ourselves. And look, yes, you've gone on to get Premier League promotion. Since then, we obviously got relegated to the championship. Things evened themselves out. That game wasn't as important in the, in the landscape as it felt at the time. But I think that, it really did matter to us just not to lose it. And it's it's one that we just, I just didn't really want to give those bragging rights to you. And and you can say, Brentford fans, that you didn't think it was important or that you um, didn't mind now or you've forgotten that it almost happened. And because it was behind closed doors, I can understand that argument. But I think from a Fulham perspective, had we lost that game, we'd have never heard the end of it. And that, that was the best thing um, about that day. Uh, looking ahead for the rest of the season in terms of the window i think wingers as i mentioned is the position that fulham are going to look to strengthen we might look to get a second striker to play behind mitrovic but that's a pretty tough thing to recruit for um not many strikers are going to want to come and be guaranteed to be on the bench because effectively with with alexander mitrovic and our team that is the position that you have to play if you are an out and out striker you will be. Second choice behind Alexander Mitrovic, our entire team is built around him and, and Silva loves him. So we'll try and recruit that position. I imagine we'll find someone uh, to just be on the bench and, and, and we just need attacking options off the bench. You saw against Wolves that we wanted to change the game the game was nil-nil we tried to look at ways that we could maybe go on take the impetus and get the three points and really we didn't have anyone to be able to do that and you looked at Wolves they were able to make bring three multi-million pound players off the bench we currently just don't have that mostly because of injuries um, but also because we just don't have all the depth that we need right now and we lost a couple of uh, big players over the summer like Fabio Carvalho Um, as for Brentford look You had a brilliant win against Man United. Obviously, um, we all saw that and I'd be lying if I said I'm not a little bit um, nervous about the performance that you put in. It wasn't just Man United being bad. Um, You got your tactics spot on. You pressed Man United to death. You didn't give them a moment's peace. And... um, you executed it brilliantly. And also there were some really classy finishes. Um, that fourth goal, the way that uh, Mbwemo takes that fantastic pass from Tony and rolls it past David De Gea is, is a brilliant finish. And, and Ivan Tony and and Brian Mbwemo in form is something to be uh, extremely worried about. So I think they're the two players um, who, you know, I would, especially if you get someone like Ivan Tony or Brian Mbwemo running against a slow Tim Ream, Um, if you can manage to break through the midfield and and be running straight against us in a foot race, that's obviously one that Ivan Tony is going to win, uh, every time. So you've got plenty of good players all across the pitch. Um, it's going to be a really, really difficult game. I'm hopeful that Fulham can get the first win, but I think it's going to be really tight and narrow, um, I think that we've been playing well in the first two games without getting that win. Obviously, we should have won against Wolves if we'd have scored the penalty. We played fantastically in the game against Liverpool. Arguably could have won Um, just a couple of moments of individual brilliance, really. um, Got Liverpool back into that game. So I've got to be confident. I'm going to say Fulham to win it 2-1. I know our record against you guys at Craven Cottage is is very poor, to say say the least. But I'm I'm hopeful that we can... uh, Break the curse a little bit, and uh, Billy, with your little bees up, Fulham down question mark at the end, you can sod off, mate. Fulham are staying up. I think you guys will stay up too, if I'm being totally honest. But I think this is the time where Fulham break the curse and uh, uh, bees up Fulham up. That's what I'm saying. I'm going for two one. I'm going for us both to survive, Billy, Dave, whoever's else is on the pod. Enjoy the game, but not too much. Maybe see if you're a pint afterwards. Come on, you whites.
1: So there you have it, Fulham fans. Of course they're happy. They had a good season last season. You know, uh, again, you know, the, the feedback that I had, and again, this is not a disrespect to Fulham. This is just the feedback that I had. Is that the division wasn't as strong as it has been in years in the uh, we, Championship? We were not it. We
3: in it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I <was> sitting <laughs> in the apple cart and basically like creating lots of possession and loads of chances, and not scoring any goals. Yeah, the under 8s team had gone. <laughs> Sheep United you know so uh, but no so that's why I heard that division wasn't as strong last season so you know Huddersfield fans I've been speaking to even Bournemouth fans they were saying it's not as strong but it's what you do you get up and then it's what you do in this next division Forest has taken one route where they basically pick and mix themselves right up, and they've you know literally they put their end into the into the into the pot and they're buying and picking out another player every other minute. You know what I'm saying? And throwing millions of pounds into the into the bag. You know, Fulham have taken a slightly different approach that they did uh, a couple of years ago when they spent 150 million or something like that, and uh, it, it literally they scored about two goals. And, uh, and 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 Bournemouth. Well, we'll see how it goes with Bournemouth. I I just I, I'm not convinced myself with Bournemouth, but we will see. But um, Fulham, I mean, let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just see what they're about. I mean, Fulham, their strengths, very strong in the air, very strong at stealing the ball from the opposition. They're strong at attacking down the wings and defending set pieces. But where weaknesses are avoiding individual errors, protecting the lead and keeping possession of the ball, they're very weak. Now, keeping possession of the ball, they're very weak. If you look at that Man United game, if we play the similar type game, uh, that could actually really play into our hands, isn't it, the Holmes?
2: Definitely, yeah. And protecting a league as a lead as well. So, uh, you know, an ideal perfect situation is that they go in front and relax a little bit and then that would allow us to go back into the game, take the ball off them. And then if you equalise, they have to come out and try and get their winner and that opens the game. And we've seen Brentford do that so many times where you sort of, when you force the opposition to go for a goal, they make mistakes and it makes it quite easy for us. And also, obviously, you know, Mitrovic red in the third minute would be amazing. That would be perfect.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen, they've scored two goals. Mitrovic has scored both their goals this season. Um, Mitrovic, you know, again, uh, some people call him a traditional centre-forward. You know what I'm saying? Good in the air, just does the things in the box, things that you need to do, putting the ball in the back of the net. Now, if you look against us in the first half against um, Leicester we did the traditional Brentford thing by uh, letting in goals straight from a corner just like we did pre-season like we used to do sort of after last season and when we were in the championship and we thought that we'd fix that at some stage and we got a little bit worried um, in the Leicester game when that happened but we turned it around, however the fear that we had was Ethan Pinnock not being in the side and also Ayat not being in the side means that our aerial um, you know, our ability to, to, to defend aerial balls is not as strong as it can be Mitrovic has won eight aerial uh, balls for uh, Fulham, far more than any other player in their side. Basically, you can see where their tactics going to be. Does this make you a bit nervous, Laney?
3: Yeah, it, it does. You know, we saw we saw against that uh, in the, that Liverpool game that he, he scored that goal from you know a really really sort of uh, tight angle. He, he's, he is an aerial threat, and uh, you know Ben Mee and uh, Pontus have got their work cut out. I think it's going to be you know Pon, Pontus and and Ben are going to. Gonna have to roll his sleeves up, and you know there should be a few dark arts going on. Referees gonna have to have eyes in the back of his head. And Thomas Frank, again, you know he's not naive enough to think that uh, Fulham haven't been practicing corners all week. You know that, that, that they will see that's our Achilles heel. They'll say in in, in pre-season they conceded X amount of goals from um, from corners and and, and, and and dead ball situations, and we did the same at Leicester. That you know. If, if you listen, and start, if you're gonna if you if you're gonna target us, you absolute child. Yeah, yeah. If you if you're gonna target us, then that, that's 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 the way to do it, as uh, as Punch and Judy once said. Um, yeah, um, but if you're gonna go toe to toe with a team 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 like Fulham. You're going to get. You're going to get a great game. Teams like they, they are, they're going to attack us. It's, it's, you know, it's a, another home game. Um, they need to get points uh, on the table, on the, on the on the ball. They'll be confident they can do that. They, they look. They look good against Liverpool. Um, but we we all be able to soak it up as well and hit them on the break and you know there'd be, I think there will be goals in this this could be like you know two all this could be 3-2 this, 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 this op- there's there's going to be loads of opportunities I just don't you know I don't want to see us going behind and getting their tails up and then going 2-2 up you, you can see that if it all goes their way they could, you know there's goals in it for them too we just need to do what we can do and do what we didn't really do in that first half against Leicester and just go and make an Leicester. And an Leicester, yes, yes. Thank you for pointing it out to me, Bill. I need to go back to night class to, to, to get my and Leicester supply teacher. Supply teacher, yes. <laughs> I'm talking about sorry, this
1: is all descending it. I've been I've been in this pub for far too long. Um, that saying that the Wolves game Fulham actually nil. All. But uh, again, Fulham created quite a lot in that. But saying that, I, mean, I haven't seen the game actually on the on the box because I might be sitting in the corner here in the boozer. I mean, there seems to be a big red circle in the middle of the penalty area, which it seems to me that they must have got a penalty. Which if they did get a penalty, they must have missed it. Yeah, they must have missed it. Okay, so that's uh, that's point eight. You know, so they've got one point seven oh. So they created basically they created one one massive opportunity which they didn't score in the six yard box, and the one smaller opportunity other than that, and then they created lots of smaller opportunities. So they create they've been creating they've been creating some. Opportunities Opportunities, But they didn't put them in the back of the net. So this is, I think, where it let them down when they were in the division before. And hopefully this is what's going to actually kind of spin in our favour at the weekend.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, in, in, at the pure, I mean, I, I'm not a, a stats man, Bill, um, but I play quite a bit of fantasy football. And I, I saw a conversation today online between someone saying, who would you pick, Mitrovic or Tony? And the reply to it went, well, Tony just had the, you know, a fantastic game on Saturday. He assisted twice. All right, he didn't score himself, but he assisted twice. He was a constant threat. He was a constant bother. And Mitrovic missed the penalty. Now, I know that Silva is doing incredible things with Mitrovic and convincing him that he's still in the championship and can still score goals, it looks like. Um but the confidence thing does play into it, and missing a penalty, it's only you should be able to put it behind you. But if you can get that in his head, and like you say about Dark Arts, if you can remind him of missing penalties and stuff, it gives the edge to our talismanic striker rather than theirs.
3: Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, let's let's not. That's, that's, if we if we're gonna like condemn lazy narratives, let's, let's not let's not join in with the Mitrovic can't score in the Premier Division. You know, he, yeah. he only he only played half the season to come on. Mm-hmm. This this isn't up. This isn't bigging up Fulham. You know, of course I'm gonna give him as much grief as I can scream on on, on Saturday. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's no love lost, but it, it's you know you have to credit with, credit where credit's due. A eh? manners.
2: He was terrifying against Liverpool at home. He absolutely yeah, yeah. he beasted Trent Alexander-Arnold for that goal. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And I wasn't I wasn't trying to do a sheep narrative or anything on that one.
3: And, <laughs> and you know we we haven't got the tallest of goalkeepers either. You know That's so, so you know if he they, they'll they'll be identifying lots of stuff. And you know we have we have got weaknesses. We 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 have got frailties when you when you when you deliver the right ball, and they'll they'll be expecting to do that.
1: Um, just coming to Brentford. Uh, uh, 3 5 two. again on Saturday ok so three five two. do you think that we are looking same formation same team because we've talked about Thomas Frank adapting to the way that he plays
3: according to the team that we're playing any thoughts on that? Yeah I, I, this is this is sitting on the fence it's like I, I, I obviously I, I don't know because I, I, I honestly think we have got so much more choice now that Thomas Frank is able to kind of mix things up and and experiment a little bit. And the players have clearly shown how intelligent they are to be able to adapt. Um, So, so personally, I do expect us to line up similarly, but it wouldn't really surprise me if if we throw another curveball in there.
1: And then and, and the curveball, just about curveball. I think the Blackpool have just scored in the Premier League against QBR. Um, it's sorry, a, it's oh, sorry, oh, so oh, it's, uh, it's not oh, sorry, it's not the Premier League. Um, it's the Championship. Sorry, sorry, made a mistake there again. Sorry, QBR. Um Just talking about the the formation. We have got three five two, um, where we came in. Were you happy with that? Were you comfortable with that? Do you think that we're going to stick with you know with the, you know with the, with the hickey? You know um, and, and stick you know basically we 're going to stick with that same formation on on Saturday,
2: I mean, I think the team that was picked last Saturday against Man United was perfect. I was a bit surprised to see Rose live, but it worked out perfectly. Um, i wouldn 't be surprised if he went with that again, but, like Dave says, it, it sounds like massively like you 're sitting on the fence, but it wouldn 't surprise me if he did decide to change it if he decided to go for a four three three again we, we have options for the first time in. Since whenever we've we've got tactical fluid team formations that we can play, I I think I'd like to see the same team that played on Saturday. I think that that starting lineup deserves the reward of playing again because they were so good, they were so brilliant. But I wouldn't be surprised because we're away if Frank was a little bit more pragmatic.
1: And I mean, and how would we deal with the aerial assault that we're going to be dealt with? Which is the best formation? What were the best players? You know what I'm saying?
2: The best, the best way to deal with Mitrovic is maybe to put Tony on him. Tony's good in the air. Like you know, Benmi's not big. Pontus is quite tall, but Benmi, I, I don't think is that. I, I, this came up when he bodied um, Martinez for the third goal, but he's not that tall. So,
1: you know, and he's been beaten in the air quite, a, quite yeah, a few times. Yeah, time. yeah, So maybe
2: you know, you when 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 corners come in. You you have you have Ivan Tony on on Mitrovic. I don't know. I'm I'm not a very
3: tactical yeah, no. person, but he's that, a big guy. That doesn't surprise me. Like you know, Tony is back for corners a lot of the time. So you know, yeah, you you, you get those two. You know, fiver on both of them getting booked. <laughs> I, I'd say. Yeah. And do you think they do
1: a handshake as well at the end?
3: Well, I don't know if they're both on the pitch, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. So listen, I'm going to go around the table here because. Um, well, we've got to get a score prediction from all the characters around here. Laney. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 of mate. The Holmes. I hate predicting, but I might go for a
2: 3-1 because there'll be a last-minute mess-up. A bit of a Dallas in the last minute, but not quite such a flattering
1: scoreline. I'm going to go 2-0 to the mighty, mighty Vs. So, uh, there we go. So, look, listen. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I am... Getting a bit more excited now. I'm very much looking forward to going to Fulham on Saturday. I've got no idea I'm going to get there because, as you probably know, there's a train strike, there's a tube strike, there's a bus strike, there's a balloon strike there's a boat strike there's all sorts of strikes so basically out, that's right out. everybody out so everyone's going to be leaving from now to get down to fulham on saturday but we'll be there i'll be getting down there if i can do very early for a breakfast very early on maybe 10 o'clock for the breakfast before we get down to the pub which opens at 10 i'll get down there probably at 11 o'clock with all the characters and we'll be in there in the usual place as we go so if you've got all the characters that are out there like you know what i'm saying they'll know Um, you know the the Taylor Mods you know what I'm saying, the Fulham Mod and all them lot you know exactly where we drink, we'll be down there if you want to come down and catch us for a beer before the game I am getting potty for it, are you Laney?
3: Yeah, I, I am. As, and as I said, you know, if you can get yourself home for a shower, it would be appreciated. Yeah, right. So don't forget, to, like I said to you, check out Besotted Global. It's our little social network community,
1: besotted.com forward slash global. If you want to go and support Besotted and go on there. And there's lots of, starting to get a bit of activity going on there as well, buy which beer. is all good. Also, if they want to buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you very much to all the people that support us and bought us beers. We're going to give you a shout out after the fulham game not enough enough beer bought last week i'd say Uh, so it's all right listen everyone's just cool everyone's all good on the beer front as well and i'll tell you something virtual joint smirtual joint it's been wicked actually doing a podcast back in the pub live in the pub at the globe we taking really really good care of us we had a bit of tucker we had lots of beers as well like i said to you some new staff here as well we're very very friendly and uh i think paul I mean, I think he shot off home quickly because QPR are playing and they're not doing particularly well. But anyway, I know, Paul, you pretend to be a Brentford fan, but we love you. Anyway, but listen, great boozer to I know, Lewis, you, you, you've, you've be coming down here, a bit, haven't
2: you? Um, I bimbled around the four corners, but yeah, I've been here for years. It's the best pub in Brentford. <laughs> Indeed.
1: So anyway, listen, Wicked Globe, we will see you back here for the next home game. But like I said to you, Fulham on. Saturday. Looking forward to that. But other than that, like I said, don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels and write us a review on iTunes and all these other places because apparently it goes up the charts and it makes us feel very happy when we hear that. But anyway, it's the end of this podcast. I'm very excited. Playing Fulham, we're going to be up for some Fulham jumps. We're going to sing. We're going to take the place over. It's going to be very sunny. We're going to have a bit of a laugh. We're going to have a bit of we Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees! Down the river, down the Putty. Here it
0: is. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.